From the heart of Austin, Texas, this is season three of Take It or Leave It with your hosts, Nathan Fernandez and Roger Craycroft. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Take It or Leave It. For Roger Craycroft, I'm Nathan Fernandez. Feels like it took a long time to get to this moment, but the NBA playoff seedings are finally set in in, stone. And we're proud to say um, the San Antonio Spurs actually clinched a spot. Longest we've had to wait in our entire lives. Came down to the 81st game of the season against the Kings. Um, but you know, after such a tumultuous season, ups and downs and more drama and speculation we've ever experienced, um, in our lives yeah. as Spurs fans. And also just competi- competition in the, in the Western Conference. Right. Yeah. Every, everything that it was this year, you know, 10 out of the 15 teams finishing over 500, 18 teams in the NBA finished over 500 this year it was the most since the 80s and <clears throat> it was just a really competitive year um for the whole NBA went down to the very last game really exciting it's, it's cool that you that we've been been here the whole time to cover it yeah talk about it as yeah. it develops you know yeah. give our takes we uh, appreciate everybody out there that's been hanging in here with us in this crazy season yeah we like to think in the convoluted world of sports media a little Spec on the radar here in Austin to try to provide some reasonable takes on a team that people are very, very passionate about, including some, us. Just, yeah, some nice. Try to keep our cool. Level headed. <laughs> and remember at the end of the Central day, Texas takes. It's, it's a sport that we love. That's right. And we're here to have fun with it. So we're glad the Spurs got a spot. We're going to get into, of course, our matchup with the Golden State Warriors here in, in a few minutes. Um, and it was a matchup that I, had mentioned on this pod, on these airwaves, about how I was nervous that our season was going to come down to the very last game of the season against New Orleans like it did in 2015. Luckily, it wasn't to like clinch a spot, and we already clinched a spot, because obviously it's kind of the benchmark in the NBA and any yeah. professional league is making the postseason. But it was to clinch a better spot. That's true. We if we had actually not come out and you know just laid a, laid an egg against New Orleans, we could have actually maybe gotten a, a more favorable matchup or um, you know even possibly home court advantage. It was a very slim chance that was going to happen. But you know you think about to a couple of the games we've had even recently on the road um, where we could have you know been more in the driver's seat, but um, you know what's done is done, and t- teams won and teams lost, and That's Denver. Right. Came down to the last game for the Nuggets, and they had oh. some losses that they were really frustrated about. They lost to Memphis about a month ago, and and you know came down to the last game against Minnesota. Uh, we were all watching it. It was an incredible game. I mean, it, it was a playoff game. Yeah, it was competitive, scrappy. Yeah, went to overtime, Close, big went to overtime. shots. Um, you know, you could tell at the end of it, both teams were just just exhausted from a year of of grinding every every night in the Western Conference. And at this point, you know, most people listening to this probably know all the matchups, so I'm not going to run through each one. But Minnesota did clinch the eighth seed to play Houston, though. If Denver had won, they would have gone ahead and taken the seventh and not the eighth spot. So, you know, 
if we had to fall to seven or eight, which we did in virtue of just losing to New Orleans, um, at that point, I guess, yeah, just that one game, of course. Well, you know, it was a whole season season leading up to that I mean, it was one one game for us to drop to seven. It was one game for Denver to make the playoffs. It was one game for Utah to be in third or be in fifth, you know, that they don't have that home court advantage. In the first round, That's um, true. that is big for a you team know. Like so it was one game for several teams, and and, and OKC got forged. How did OKC, OKC get came the out of this with the fourth seed, man? How? God dang it! Tiebreakers. How did they? That's do just it? what it was. We didn't have a lot of the tiebreakers, but it's crazy, man. I know with all the all the stuff that OKC went through, which is even worse than what we did because we didn't have three all stars on our team. They they managed the fourth spot, but you know they're playing Utah, um, and I had said more than anybody, even rather than Houston, Golden State, I did not want to play Utah. But, um, you know, if we had to pick the lesser of two evils between the top two teams in the West, right? I guess... And just the timing of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, it could definitely be a worse scenario, and we know that as Spurs fans last year, of course, playing a fully healthy Golden State team in the conference finals without our superstar, um, you know, we know what it's like to be in, in that position. But just looking at the playoffs, just at a, at a glance, you know, um, I was wondering, what did you think were the, you know, some of the most compelling matchups just on the page? Because there's a lot of matchups that could look like a wash, and and some of them yeah. you can't really predict. Um, I thought one that really grabbed my eye right off the bat was the the series that NBA Reddit is calling the porno. The Portland, oh, yeah. New Orleans, P O R N O. That's gonna be a good um, one. <laughs> the three six matchup. I think that's gonna be a really good and that's gonna be a really good matchup. Portland is a team who can just play with so many different lineups and and we yeah, already know and they're, about they're sneaky good. Yeah, we already know about the problems that A D causes for everybody. Out east, um, and we don't talk about the east nearly enough. I thought the most interesting one just right off the bat was actually Cleveland, Indiana. Um, That's true. Even though Cleveland, LeBron, Cleveland's not used to having one of those mid seeds where you got to play a, you know, a one seed in the second very, round. Yeah, that that most importantly, but yeah, like a a very solid middle of the playoff seeding team like right, Indiana, right? And you know, Cleveland, this has probably been the, the year for them where they have the least, I guess you'd say, hype going into a playoff just because of their defensive struggles all year. And and now on, the, on their team, they actually have a lot of guys who haven't played in the playoffs. Um, hmm. Larry Nance, Jordan Clarkson, um, I know Rodney Hood has a little bit of time. But um, those, those two kind of popped off the page for me. I don't think Houston will have much of a problem with Minnesota. No. We're going to talk about our series with, with – uh, Golden State. Okay, so Utah is going to be fascinating. Um, I, it's going to be interesting to see what, <laughs> what it comes down to with OKC in a close game situation. Who's taking that shot? Um, and you know what kind of decisions are Russ going to ma- is Russ going to make down the stretch? It's going to be really interesting because Utah isn't really a team that beats themselves. You know they. Yeah, that's a good point. They're really well coached. They play you know really good defense, and they're not going to. Yeah, you know they might miss shots on on a, on a given night like they did last night versus Portland, but they were in that game. Yeah, OKC is going to win that one. They're going to have they're, they're really going to have to tighten up. Yeah. Um they they play pretty what good defense. Yeah, but they're going to have to tighten up on offense because they they turn the ball over a lot. Yeah, mostly Russ. Yeah, but that's that's just part of his game. Yeah, unfortunately. And and then they they choose poor shots a lot. Yeah, you get a lot of Carmelo Anthony jacking up long range jumpers with a hand in his face or whatever mm-hmm. just because like 
the shot clock's getting low or the game clock's running down. So it's going to be interesting. Like you said, it's they're really going to have to think about who they want with the ball. Down the stretch, down, yeah. Yeah, in, in the crucial situations. Right. Because you got Paul George out there too. And then Russ is also very proven in those moments, you know, yeah. as, a, a, as a career player, not the greatest jump shooter, Mm-mm. especially from beyond the arc. But in crucial situations, he's come through a number of times. Yeah, definitely. So um, yeah, they're going to have to really think about it. I don't know. You, you think that's a coaching decision or is that like between them? I think it, it it is a coaching decision at at the at the base of it, but I think it kind of just goes without saying that those three would would be on the floor. Um, yeah. I guess it could be worse. You know, it's like if any if any one of them has the ball, your chances are pretty good. Right. Exactly. So, what do you think? It what is the best chance for an upset? And I don't really consider a five seed beating a four seed an upset, although it would be huge if Indiana beat Cleveland. Okay. I thought right off the bat. Um, I actually think, you know, even though Philly hasn't lost a game in what seems like almost two months, um, I think Miami actually yeah. could could present a huge issue with I see that. With Philly, especially in the first round without Embiid playing um heavy minutes yeah. coming back from that injury. Right. I think they could really rough him up. They have Josh Richardson and they just have a lot of wing players that can really They've got a lot of pieces. Yeah, I think they match up with Philly really well in terms they don't, of they're not like loaded up with superstars or yeah, anything. Exactly. Dwayne Wade's on the in the twilight of his career. Yeah. Hassan Whiteside and Tyler Johnson, all those yeah. guys. They just play yeah, obviously they got another lot, really well coached team. A lot there. of size and length and really well rounded players, just no one that's a perennial all star or anything yeah. like that. But yeah, you coached got, up well. You got Whiteside and you got uh Bam Adebayo. Right. Yeah. Um and then all the wings, Drogic and that if other, they had Dion Waiters guy. this year, that'd be crazy. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. What what's uh what's that other guy who's a guard? The one who looks like Moe's shirt? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, Tyler yeah. Johnson. Tyler Johnson. Yeah. I gotcha. Um, but can you imagine how much better these playoffs would be, you know, regardless of these matchups, if if we had, you know, Steph, Kawhi, Boogie, Andre Roberson. I hate how long this list is. Well, and we thought we thought Kyrie this Irving. season was going to be crazy because of all that. I know people say that, and like people moving teams and whatever. But a lot of those guys, and, and it's weird. A lot of those guys and I didn't down. do enough research to bring the numbers out right now. But the NBA tried to extend the season this year, as in less back-to-back games and less three and four nights. Um, you know, but it kind of did it. it there were more injuries this year um, than last year, and mm. I think part of that is a little bit just because of how. Sometimes these young players just are much better in a rhythm, I guess. And, and you, know, you know, some of them obviously are freak accidents like, like Gordon Hayward and, and Joel Embiid. But a lot of these guys have, have dealt with injuries, you know, for the first time. And, yeah, to be without Steph and Kawhi, first of all, just right off the bat. And that series just really, um, yeah. obviously, Well, yeah, and some of them are advantageous. Some of them are experienced with rehabbing injuries like, yeah. like Steph and Kyrie. Yeah, right. Um, so let's get into some of the initial thoughts about our matchup with Golden State. Of course, like we mentioned, no Steph Curry on the docket over Ooh. the years. He has presented one of our biggest matchup issues, of course, because he's just a perennial superstar. But we have had a, a constant struggle with switches of our, our bigs, namely Pausol, on the perimeter. And whenever Curry gets someone on the perimeter, he has the ability to make a play, whether that's 
going straight to the hoop or laying it up and getting someone open. And, you know, even LaMarcus, as good as he is under the rim and within 10, 12 feet, um, you know, he's he's not the quickest laterally. Uh, yeah. Rudy's not that quick laterally not a, like not we know on about. The, on the wing either. Right. And to, to beat a team like Golden State, you really have to be really quick on on the uh, in lateral movement, and that's why Houston is is such a great matchup for them. But also, um, of course, without without those guys, without Steph Curry, obviously they still have th- three superstars. And we saw in that game earlier this season, and I don't like to put too much stock in regular season games, but there was that game we had in Golden State. Uh, the Spurs were up most of the game. Um, oh, yeah. They had KD and they had Clay and and Dre, but Clay was having an off night, and KD kind of just pumped in like twenty straight points at the end of the game, yeah. and then we lost in very like stereotypical fashion, like this year, how we've lost every game on the road. Um, so we know KD can score in bunches. Clay, we've had luck with Clay over the years, just because. Mm-hmm. Um, he just doesn't have great games against us. Sometimes. Yeah, uh, and I don't know why. That's we we just have a lot of lengthy wings. Of course, Danny, Bryn, Kyle, um, they can all they can slow down Clay and also Dejounte, um, and Dejounte now too, and and um, even KD. All those guys will be thrown at him as well. But the real question is, which Draymond is going to show up because he's dropped off this year um, in terms of you know his offensive and defensive production. Um, you know he's nowhere in the conversation of of defensive player of the year this year. I'm not even sure if he's going to make an all defensive uh, team, but he might. Yeah, I think he still might. Lamarcus can definitely survive, you know, in in a Zaza and in a, in a Javale McGee attack. But um, the real question is is you know what kind of Draymond are we going to see when Aldridge switches on to him? Because we've seen hopefully a quiet one. Yeah, we've seen Lamarcus ball out against Draymond, and we've seen nights where Draymond just frustrates him. So we'll see. It's going to be really interesting. Um, the, we're the very first game bright and early. I know a lot of our reporters were kind of upset about that because. They have two days to turn around, book a flight to Oakland, and then the game starts at noon local time in Oakland on Saturday, 2 p.m. for us here in Central Texas. Um, so it's going to be a quick start, first first playoff game of the of the season for the whole NBA. Um, but let's go ahead and get into our um, playoff preview, Good, Bad, and the Ugly. The good. The bad. The ugly. So, um, like I alluded to earlier, our, our really good asset we have against this, uh, against the Warriors is length. Like you mentioned, with with Dejounte, Danny, Kyle, even Rudy to an extent, and Bran, all these guys have have really contributed to our defensive, I guess you'd say, latitude this year. The way we've been able to clog the passing lanes and um, right. yeah, get in the passing lanes, really slow like, down pace. Um, yeah, I think something that's going to be important is really badgering the opposing players and you know playing that bully ball that Kawhi mm-hmm. really coined I guess as like a phrase but also just right. as a as a mindset you know mm-hmm. like really just having your hands in there all the time trying to take the ball away force all the, a lot of steals you know we get we get a lot of stuff like that from Manu which is great you know in his limited minutes he'll come in late in the game sometimes and force some turnovers get us some extra possessions I think that's gonna be really important yeah definitely offensive rebounds too there's always the um, we, we're just gonna need everything we we can get against a team like that and and they they rebound well so I think yeah everything that we and can, we were, everything and that we, we can force. we rebound well 
we didn't rebound well versus New Orleans, but yeah. we have rebounded we, well all right. year. We're We've like, had games where, where it's like pretty obvious we're we're just getting outplayed. I think we're number one in, in the NBA in terms of offensive rebounding. Um, and yeah, honestly, a lot of that is Dejounte. So we got to we got to own it, man. Um, so we definitely got to own it. And in contrary to popular belief, um, um, Golden State's right in the middle of the pack in terms of three point attempts. And of course, we're in the very bottom quadrant this year in most years. Um, but that that's also to our advantage. You know, a team that doesn't take a lot of threes, you know, really helps us out because. We can we can help limit their three point shots, which they're already not taking a lot of, um, and really force them into some tough mid range shots, which is the weakest part of any NBA floor um, these days. Um, and the biggest thing that Pop is going to preach and he has all year is is limiting in transition. Um, Golden State is is the absolute best team in transition, um, and we can't um, afford to give up that much in transition. So the bad, like I mentioned earlier. Even without Curry, Golden State has three All Stars. Fortunately for us, they were seven and ten in their last seventeen games to end the season. Curry didn't play in a lot of those. I don't know how much that's a testimony to his importance or to Golden State's kind of story this year of not being that motivated in the regular season. That's definitely a factor of it. But the really bad thought that comes into my head with this series is: Are we going to be able to get offensive production outside of Lamarcus? Because that's our that's our bane in every game we've lost or won. You know, whenever the t- the double teams are going to come fast and hard at Lamarcus, and he's expecting them. And and you know, last year when Kawhi went out, they threw him at him, and he he's gotten better at passing out of them this year. But the question is, who's going to make a play and who's going to step up? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I don't know whatever they do, double team him. I don't know about you, but I am looking. I'm looking at Dejounte Murray. Yeah, for sure. I like it. He's been making plays recently. I mean, all season. He's mm-hmm. absolutely stepped up and owned his role. Yeah, as the starting point guard for right. for the Spurs. I agree. <sighs> I mean, he's probably going to make a first team, the first team all defensive team. Yeah, it looks like it looks like that's because now that the looks pretty ballots up. are due and people are releasing all their ballots. Yeah. Seems like he is going to be pretty much a lock for a defensive and, team. Yeah. Maybe not first, we'll see because of his, you know. I think it's his, possible, man. Because of his youth, people um, will vote again, will, will not vote for him, but Yeah, but I mean, but other than that, he's he's looked really composed yeah, on I mean, offense. Yeah, if he can get his floater to fall more and of yeah. course well, his and shot is still behind, but and like I was telling you last night, I I like his floater. I agree. It's it's very controlled, and you know he he squares up and goes straight up and keeps his elbows straight, and like he like transfers the ball just to his right hand, so it's like a just like a one handed little flip flip shot. I, like I was saying, the you can see the Spurs coaching, yeah, <laughs> coming through him, and it's, right. it's really cool. But you know his form is just looking really good. He's looking really solid. But he's also getting to the rim a lot and making really tough layups and being consistent, finishing at the rim. You know, he uses that length to stretch out there and finish reverse layups and all kinds of crazy shots that you are just really surprised to see from such a young guy. So I just can't think of anybody else who's got the skills. Rudy. Yeah. Rudy's Rudy's going to be a workhorse for sure. Yeah, he has to be. Dallas Broutons. <laughs> but, I, you know, I think, Dejounte has that that youth and explosiveness. Yeah, he's not scared of anybody. We know that exactly. And he and right and he matches up well against guards. And he's done well in in clutch situations. Honestly, yeah, can't knock him for that. We haven't lost yeah. any games. I think because Ru- of him. Rudy's Rudy's great because he's that small forward kind of stretch position. 
Yeah, I think DeJounte could be the X factor. And he just makes really good decisions um, depending on who's defending him because Rudy gets pretty much every type of defenders throughout a game. He'll get True. big men and, yeah. and guards, and he always makes the right Two decision. Two through five, pretty much. Backing yeah. down guards to the post. Or and, man, he makes those tough making outside moves on, baseline shots. Yeah, like, I don't even know making how they go on in. bigs on the Terrible outside. Terrible shot, but they fall. So maybe we'll get him to draw some attention away and then really get DeJounte going. Cause Absolutely. He hasn't, I, you know, he's been really solid, but he hasn't had his breakout game yet. Yeah. Um. So looking at the ugly part of this whole barrage, um, we still haven't won on the road since February 25th. I really feel like a broken record. I've said it every single week. It's um, true. February 25th. It's almost two months now. Um, And that was our last game at Cleveland, a game I thought we were going to blow that game also, and we didn't. If we start out 0-2, which I think is very, very, very possible, considering nothing has showed me otherwise, um, it could be a quicker series than expected. But then again, we only lost eight games at home all year, and we could win two at home, and then we'll see. Then we'll see. Yeah, but I mean, you're definitely right right that going down 0-2 is going to be pretty tough, and they haven't showed us anything that really says they, they could steal a game there because... I don't know. The the best example I'm thinking of is like they had back to back games at Staples Center. Yeah, I know. And just couldn't get it together for yeah. either of them. At least there's like two games in two days, I'm sorry. Right. Each and every game. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the end of season superlatives. Hey y'all, get ready for some superlatives. Where your pals Nate and Raj separate the goats from the kids. So just looking at the NBA um awards as a whole, um, there's two of two of the six we don't really need to discuss because they're pretty much locked up as far as anybody is concerned. Um, the most improved player is going to go to to Victor Oladipo of the of the Indiana Pacers. You know he was he was an after afterthought of Russell Westbrook in, in OKC last year. Now he's you know the best player on a team that's uh, in the middle of the um, playoff race. A team that people thought was we're going to tank East. this year. Yeah, in the East. Um, people thought they were going to be a tanking team this year, and, and they made it. Um, <laughs> hey, man, uh, any team with Miles Turner is never going to tank. Right, okay. Um, they tanked for him, pretty much. That's true, they did. <laughs> um, but it paid off, look at that. Look at six him now. man of the year is going to go to Lou Williams, um, yeah. a guy who's won it before, and a guy who is a starter, essentially, by minutes, um, but it still decided to come off the bench, obviously, because then he can win awards like this. So just start Those are locked up. Yeah. So just starting off at the top, another award that is locked up uh, for yeah. all intents and purposes. Um, yeah. The MVP is going to go to James Harden. Finally, it, um, will. it will go. He's to been him. robbed of it personally. I thought not few, last year, couple, but a couple times. Two years ago, when Curry won it for the first time, I thought Harden should have won it, and then Curry won it unanimously. Unanimously, but and I've talked about this off off the mic. We we shifted for one year from going completely traditional in our MVP votes from picking the most valuable player on the best team in the NBA, the team that has the best chance to win a championship, whatever. That was always our way of thinking for when we voted MVP. And then last year, we had an anomaly. We voted for a guy that averaged a triple-double, who, by the way, d- did it again this year. He did year. it again, and he's not even and in the he's not even in the top five. I think um, that's ridiculous, because Russ is definitely on my list. But then again, that's what I'm saying. Now we shifted right back to it. It was like one year it happened. A, a guy on a team 
who got bounced in the first round. They won 47 games. Like, that never happens. It never goes to a guy on a team that won 47. Yeah, people are and just now interested in that anymore. stat happening for the first time in right. a long time. And They're now like, that it's oh, happened again, it's like old news, right? I'm like, oh, it's just his thing now. Back, right. Back to the to the bottom with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because... So, like, what, that's not, like, triple doubles are, like, they were so revered, like, even last year. And now it's, like, are they just becoming, like, common? They're so commonplace now. It's just, like... Yeah, with, like, Ben Simmons throwing out a bunch of triple doubles in his yeah. rookie season and stuff. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's kind of what the the all-star NBA player is, is kind of tra- is transforming into these days. Someone who's just really uh, multifaceted. Yeah, and, you know, uh, between Harden and... And LeBron, um, they have very similar metrics in all terms of yeah. statistics, but I, I just I'm old fashioned that way. I guess Harden's well, I mean, on the best team by you know 15 wins, and yeah, and his consistency speaks too. Yeah, just and, just the fact that he's obviously having an MVP season right now, but he's been doing that for years, and yeah. he just keeps getting better. Yeah, absolutely. So he's got to win it. Yeah. Um, but that being said, like LeBron's just doing stuff that. No one thought someone his age could do. I know. It's pretty crazy, but Harden's just been better then, this year. And then Anthony Davis is in there, too. Yeah, he'll get votes. But I don't know, man. I think Russ is my three. I know AD's like having that having that crazy season, but Russ is my three because... No. Dude, that... It's not that cool anymore. He already did it. gets no respect, man. He gets no respect. He got respect. He got an MVP so, last year. So wrong. He won the award last year. So Kawhi should have won it last year. Yeah, Kawhi definitely should have won it last or year. Or Harden. Or Durant, even I thought over yeah, over Westbrook, but that's true. Durant I mean, missed, he gets no respect. He won it Durant last year. Games, but yeah, I thought last. I year just went through the whole been, spiel. You weren't listening. Should have been Kawhi. <laughs> um, no, dude, I'm I'm not saying he should win it. I'm just saying he's my number three. Okay. All right. So defensive player of the year, um, hotly contested one as well. Yeah. That um, a more. Uh, you know, people are pretty much debating it between Gobert of the Jazz and Embiid of the Sixers. Um, the only thing holding back people from voting for Gobert is that he only played in 56 games. Um, no defensive player of the year has won the award playing less than 64, and that was Kawhi um, just three years ago. He played 64, so played, he was the lowest that ever the played least. it. Okay. The, the problem with, and, I, and this is almost completely stolen from Zach Lowe, who is pretty much the one of the best NBA writers out there, um, Gobert in those you know twenty five some odd games that he missed he missed games versus both games versus Cleveland three versus Denver Houston Golden State etc. Um, so he missed some important games in yeah. the, in that time. Utah is it's holding opposing twelve the opposing twelve best offenses in the league to one hundred and two point seven points per hundred possessions, but Philly with Embiid is holding the same 12 best offenses to 100.5 per 100 possessions when Embiid's on the floor. Oh. But, honestly, at that point, it's kind of splitting hairs. I mean, what Zach Lowe was, was going into was the fact that Embiid has much more defensive players, minded players around him. Um, Robert Covington's going to be in an all-defensive team. Yeah, he's ben in, he's Simmons is going to get sure. votes for an all-defensive team, so you could kind of contribute a lot of Embiid's on-and-off stats to to his team being really successful on defense as well because Brett Brown, I mean, he's a former Spurs coach. We know how important defense um, is to him, and and Simmons is no chump uh, when it comes to defense. So, you know, 
it won't surprise me either way w- w- between Gobert and Embiid. I just think personally, I would just give it to Embiid uh, to Gobert. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, 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 um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Even even though he played 56 games, I think he has more of an individual direct impact on their defense than absolutely. Embiid does. Yeah, no, it's. I think I think Gobert deserves it right right now. Yeah. I won't be. Gobert and I Embiid. won't be upset at all if Embiid Gobert, wins it. <laughs> Gobert deserves it. I can't think of anybody else who really deserves it. You know, I think think if if uh, Roberson stayed healthy this oh, whole yeah. season, he yeah, would I mean, definitely. He only played thirty nine games. Yeah, yeah, he would definitely be in a little the too low. Thirty nine, not enough. Um, but, I guess, and that's only because Kawhi's been out this season. Yeah, exactly. A lot of these, a lot of these positions on the All NBA team and All NBA defense are because Kawhi is and, not playing. Yeah, and a number, and Draymond a number had an of off players year. are injured. Are, yeah, yeah are injured um, having down years. So Rookie of the Year, and all of these awards are really hotly contested. I honestly think this should just be a co-awards. I mean, with all this... Should just be a toss the names in a hat kind of award. Yeah, quote-unquote beef going on between Simmons and, and, and Donovan Mitchell, you know. Whatever, um, man. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> Rookies, man. I know they're yeah they're getting all caught up in the definition of the word and they're so entitled. Simmons had a broken foot last year, man. He couldn't yeah, play. He didn't have a choice. <laughs> it's not like he could have gone out there, man. Whatever. Um. Anyways, I think it should be a co award. I think both players are so valuable to their teams, playoff teams. Right. Of course. Um. You know, Simmons is an all defensive player, caliber player. Um. He's obviously more versatile in transition, going towards the hoop and everything. Yeah, well, you like having a 6'10 point guard. Right. <laughs> Utah is, of course, nothing without Mitchell this year. You know, they were 19 and 28, but, you know, make no mistake, Donovan Mitchell, as impressive as he is, their turnaround really gives, I think, credit goes to Gobert and, and Quinn Snyder. The coach, um, Donovan Mitchell, is fantastic, but I think that it was more of a team effort, them turning it around. So yeah. I think it should be a Jason Kidd, George Hill, uh, not George Hill, Grant Hill kind of Grant deal, Hill. co-rookie of the year. They um, did that happened? Huh? Yeah, it did happen. It did happen. But I, I think Simmons will will probably etch it out. It'll be close. I think yeah, people I, will just give it to Simmons. I think it's, He's also had this late push we've been talking about. His late push has been incredible, and he – He's been showing his worth with Embiid off the floor. So, so coach of the year, possibly the closest race ever we've had in coach of the year debate. If the Spurs had fared better, maybe Popovich would have been in the top three or four in voting. He probably won't be. Yeah, he's not going to be dropped there. off. Um, <laughs> like didn't play that well. <laughs> yeah, um, that's not on him though. And I and I think this is another splitting hair award. I think you know all of these three coaches, uh, Quinn Snyder, Brad Stevens, and Dwayne Casey are all worthy of winning it this year. It just it just completely depends on what you rest your laurels on when it comes to this award. Like well, all of them. If we're judging this like uh, like MVP, then it's got to be my man Dwayne Casey. Yeah, I yeah I would have to agree with that. Um, best coach of the best team. Yeah, and and then you could I guess you could talk about D'Antoni also then though. Yeah, I mean yeah of course, but he won it last year. Right. Yeah. He's doing it again, and you know if he averages a triple double, you can't win it again. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's why he's not in the conversation. Yeah. Well, I I think that's poor logic, but. The NBA. It's just the logic that people have used all these years, the Roger. Voter, I don't know the what voters can just do what they want. We don't have votes. Like we're care. probably good that we don't. Quinn Snyder, uh, I think we'll probably win it though. You know, the Jazz were nineteen and twenty eight at one point. Uh they lost Gordon Hayward, they lost George Hill, they lost Joe Johnson. 
And Rodney Hood, right? And Rodney Hood, you're right. I forgot. And Jake. No, they got Jake Crowder. Yeah, that helped. <laughs> you know, he just runs a tight ship there, and, and he's been in the contention for it even last year. Um, I think the Jazz have been such a dangerous team this year. We know I'm kind of traumatized by watching those, like, four games we played with them. I cannot imagine playing them in a series. Um, and then Stevens, why I, think's, why I think he won't get it, although he's, you know, generally classified as one of the geniuses in the business. Um, yeah, why, why doesn't he get it? Uh, what I heard uh, Zach Lowe talking about and why he didn't vote him first was that he, and I would agree with him, was that in between all three of those teams, even though Toronto has two all-stars, I think that Boston has the most talent, um, really, when it comes down to it. I know they didn't have Kyrie. I know yeah. they lost Hayward. Oh, but yeah. No, you're, you're right. You they're, know, with, they're deep. Just, they're deep, man. Those guys are good. Tatum, uh, core Brown, guy, core unit, and Marcus, plus Smart, Marcus Morris, yeah. Al Horford. I mean, they're a deep team. Those guys would be Aaron starters. Baines. And any Aaron Baines, defensive player of the year candidate? <laughs> I mean, he forgot to mention him, dude. I think he gets a special mention for the all all NBA defensive teams. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. No, I heard that he earlier. Jackie Mack was talking about. He doesn't that make a team, but he get he definitely gets a special I agree. mention. He gets votes. Yeah, yeah, he'll get votes. So Stevens, I mean, the sky is the limit for the Celtics, um, and they still won fifty five plus games, and a lot of those wins were without Kyrie because he got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't. I didn't go into you know all NBA teams and 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 all defensive teams, but it'll be interesting to see you know how injuries are going to impact the voters um, in terms of who they vote for. Um, I know that a lot of them are very stuck between a rock and a hard place because they value the t- the players' impacts, but they also can't look away from players who have played a full season. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And I hate that we don't know all this stuff until like really late now because they have that stupid award show. And yeah, like the after NBA the finals, awards. like no one wants to show up at that award show really, after we have the to finals. Wait that long, yeah. Because that's so, that's weird. Because then like the playoffs factor into it. But I guess oh well, the, no, no, no. The, the votes are the votes happened. are submitted tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, before the playoffs start. That's weird. Yeah, it's a regular season award. And yeah, that's why if it was a postseason award, Dan Tony probably wouldn't have won it last year. Oh, yeah, got him. So let's get into a uh, quick up and down here. On the come up, Philadelphia still um, hasn't lost 16 straight. Their star is shining bright. They, yeah, they're going to look really good going into the playoffs. Russell Westbrook, very eventful last night for him. Of course, averaging the triple-double for the second straight year. Also became the first player in NBA history to lead the league in scoring one season and then lead the league in assists the next season, um, which he also got this year. Um the Atlanta Hawks first round picks. Atlanta had a, had an old deal with Minnesota, and it was lottery protected. So for the Timberwolves to give up that pick, they had to be outside the lottery, so they had to make the playoffs. So last night, the Atlanta Hawks Twitter account was <laughs> <That's right. laughs> just littered with Timberwolves um, that was so fandom. Great, dude. I love that. I love they seeing like that. Changed the, the picture <laughs> and like the whole bio. The whole bio. Like, yeah. The name. All their tweets were like it was their game that they were playing. You know, um, so they got their pick from Minnesota. <laughs> so the Hawks had two first round. Hey, when you have a full on tanking season like Atlanta did. The, having that second first round pick, that's huge for them. Yeah, and um, having something to cheer for yeah, at the end of the definitely. season has got to be kind of nice too. Um, so on the decline, um, 
coincidentally, uh, Russell Westbrook finds himself on this list as well. Um, first player to have 3,000 plus turnovers before the age of 30. Um, that's just a savage stat. I saw an NBA Reddit, but setting records uh, everywhere. <laughs> Chris Chops Porzingis um, finished the Who? year. Chris Chops Porzingis. Um, oh, the, uh, that that other Latvian guy. Yeah. That's the okay. K, that's the KPO. The second best to. Latvian player in the league. Right. Finished the season eighth in total blocks, and he only played forty eight games. <laughs> so, like, that's pretty crazy. I don't know how many Dang. how many he would have had if you played the whole season. That's, I mean, that that sounds about right though, because he was he was having a pretty killer season yeah. defensively before he went down. Um. Also on the decline, Tristan Thompson's life in general. <laughs> just, um. Just I could. We could talk Everything about this for a long basketball time. For Tristan um, right now. Just you know, congrats. I guess second basketball is like the easy part today. of his life right now. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I don't know this guy, man. Uh, I don't know what he's thinking. Um, going into New York City, macking on chicks in 2018. Like, like left. What do you right. think is gonna happen? You know, I did hear. Uh, I did hear like a conspiracy theory take uh, earlier. It might have been Jalen Rose. Um, who we all know is great at conspiracy theory takes. Um, yes, he is. He likes he to that, make stuff up. He sometimes. thought it might have been a, a sting operation uh, by the Kardashians to see if, if Tristan Thompson was faithful because, you know, you know, the whole world got, like, security cam footage of him making out with these chicks. That's true. Um, and then Where was the, that camera? Exactly. Well, it was in the club. Um, but also... Um, but I don't know. The, the angles, like, very... It's not like it, it didn't really seem like it was just on the ceiling or something. Right, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Planted I don't know. planted PI footage. Right. Um and right. then also, you know, people had uh photographs in a, in a of ficus. of that of that you know, alleged mistress coming in and out of the team hotel um uh, when they were in New York and it was like, you know, 4 hours in between so like, you know, she came in and out of his hotel room 4 hours before and after. It seemed very like we got all the we all got all the facts like really quickly. It seemed like they were just all out there. Yeah, it's just like, got like oh, dumped this is like in the media a portfolio. Like right Someone away. just like dumped. Yeah. Um. Anyways, Tristan Thompson. I guess the Kardashian curse is gone. That's fair. Now, so that's fair. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, the, just let let them work out their personal issues. I don't think you know it's our place. Yeah. Not at all. To just make all these assumptions because TMZ got a hold of some footage. TMZ is a trusted source. Oh yeah, Def- definitely uh, an egregious, an egregious kind of thing to do yeah. to uh, your pregnant partner <laughs> about to have her baby like two days before. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it just exceedingly poor timing. <laughs> Very poor timing. But yeah, you, you just you just don't know. That's not your. That's not yeah, our life. Definitely. So um, let's just let's just see what what happens. With yeah. Them. Let's, let's um, just see how so that also goes. on the decline. Um, you know, the day after the NBA season ended, um, coaches got fired. Um, Jeff Hornacek of the aforementioned New York Knicks got fired. Um, you know, he wasn't the guy that the new GM Scott Perry brought in. So Man. I think they were going to make a coaching change either way. The Knicks, dude, um, they're just turning over poor guy had to run phil jackson's terrible triangle last year i mean even for that he should he deserved another year um and he's also a victim of you know christophs got hurt this year um and who knows how much better they could have been if he stayed oh yeah they would have um, been much better they're already talking about potential candidates um they're gonna get you know they're gonna get some <laughs> draft picks now yeah 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 um david fizdale is gonna be the name um for pretty much every job that opens up mm-hmm. um david blatt remember the Cavs old coach that first year they made the finals 
Mark Jackson, who created yeah, the Jackson. Warriors that, as they are right now. I can't believe he hasn't gotten a job since then. Um, yeah, Jerry Sackhouse, Chandler's boy, getting Stackhouse. some NBA recognition. Um, and also Jay Wright, the Villanova coach, um, getting some um, NBA looks. I'm not sure if, if he's going to do it, but that would be pretty impressive. What, um, about, uh, what about Rick Patino? Oh, maybe yeah. You maybe can pay people in the NBA, Rick, because he's it's legal a, here, right? And he's he's got experience in the people NBA. People actually have shoe deals here. In the he NBA. is he is. A, he should have been in the NBA this whole time. Pretty, yeah, I know because he's he seems like he's a great. <laughs> well, he did coach like, the NBA, right? And he he did. That's what. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is he's he's got experience uh, as an NBA coach. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he. I mean, he seems like a great promoter, and like yeah, he can get a fan base engaged. So I. <laughs> I don't see it happening. No, me either. Maybe, um, maybe he deserves he deserves an interview. He deserves a look yeah, from uh, one one or two of those teams. Um, so the Orlando Magic also fired their coach Frank Vogel, who is a great coach. He's kind of a victim of poor personnel decisions. Um, the team traded away, you know, Oladipo a couple years ago. They traded away Tobias Harris. Um, they didn't really bring in anybody else around Aaron Gordon and, and Jonathan Simmons this year. So. I mean, sucks for him. He'll he'll probably land on his feet again, but he's just he's been through the he's been through the meat grinder the last couple of years with with some of these terrible teams. Mm. But uh, I think Chandler was ready to jump into some some prop bets here. All right. So also on the decline, Rogers' chances of winning the uh, Super Bowl Quiz Bowl Deluxe <laughs> We've XP already talked about this. Millennium Edition. He is all but mathematically eliminated. It, it may happen. We Nate has graciously agreed that if the Spurs appear in the Western Conference Finals, yes. he will give Roger a, a yes. shot. A shot for double or nothing. Yes, he'll give him a, the, the, a puncher's chance. But uh, given that this is a, a trying time of the season, I feel. You know, I'm very tired of writing quizzes. One and two, uh, I feel like we just need to That's come fair. together and you yeah. know, kind of just celebrate. Yeah, and, yeah you uh, know, because it's usually it's usually just Chandler telling me how much I suck. I don't need to and, do that. And I that's pretty much it. Point at the scoreboard now. And then, um, and then Nathan wins anyway. So that's just you know, it's just uh, it's just what my life has become. You know, it's okay. Someone's got to be. Uh, what, what is the team that always plays against the Globetrotters? The, the general, yeah, the Washington generals. generals yeah. <laughs> yeah, the generals. <laughs> Even wearing a green shirt today, so that's we, uh, nice. we light. Hey, it up Roger everyone. got five wins. The generals haven't ever won. That's yeah, that'd true. be a sad Globetrotters show. That's the true. Generals the Generals have won. never won. Ever won. Ever, yeah, sorry. They just played really strong defense and, uh, you know, good coaching decisions from the Generals. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I have some fun prop bets here just about our upcoming series with the uh, the Golden State Warriors. And uh, Are you yeah. asking for predictions on the prop bets also? Yeah, you guys can give okay. me an, an over-under or, okay. you know, you can expand on your, your takes. This is, a, this is a make however hot or, or lukewarm of a take you want, all right? Okay. You know? so let's yeah. go ahead. Make your own take. So let's start off with, a, with an important one. LaMarcus averages 25.5 points per game for the series. Has to be over. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it has it, to be over. It has to be over if we've got a chance. Yeah, um, that's tough though. That's a good number. I, well, yeah, yeah let's, let's say over. Let's go over. Yeah, hmm. uh, hopeful over. It's got, it's on got that to be. One. Okay, here's more of a here's more of a media public relations one. Kawhi attends three point five games in this upcoming series. He doesn't have to play. He says to attend. Attends three point five games. Oh man. This is another one I want it to be over. I just wanted to be there, yeah. but I think it's under because I, I don't think yeah. he makes it to the the first two. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean he's 
well, no one even knows where he's at. I mean, yeah, but he hasn't been on the bench recently. He's mm-hmm. just been so. in New York or something. But you know, if he's going to be here as a rallying force, now's the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to bring everyone down with That's take okay. number two there. It's okay. You know, we, he he could always just come back out of nowhere and be on the bench. You know, even if he's not, never know. If he doesn't decide to play right away or whatever, he could. You know, he could just. Just be there. Yeah, Roger, just let me know if you need any extra napkins to wipe that extra Kool-Aid off your upper lip there. You're sipping it. I'm not not sipping it. It's okay. I've been guzzling it lately. That's why I wrote that one. I make the Kool-Aid, dude. (laughs) Okay. All right, let's get to a more positive one. Davis hits six. the best Kool-Aid in the world. Let's get to a more. Makes that powder. Let's get to a. Perfect temperature of the water. Let's get to a more positive one here. Davis hits 6.5 three-pointers throughout this entire series. Not per game. In the series. 6.5 three-pointers the entire series. Under. Because, I'm going to say over. Mm. Well, I mean, I think if he gets the minutes, it's over. But I just I don't see him getting enough minutes to put, put that, that kind of... Yeah, they might be in garbage time. Those kind of stats together. Be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good and, point. But what kind of garbage time? Like, all right, okay, getting blown out garbage time. All right, okay, yeah, we're, we're getting. I mean, little... yeah, I guess you, Davis would be throwing up a lot. Of, I'll go under on that one just because <laughs> we have to. Wow, we have to differ on something. I mean, yeah, I'm still number one Davis fan over here, but <laughs> excuse me, number two, <laughs> number two Davis fan. Okay, okay, yeah. that's that's assuming that you're the number one Davis fan. I definitely am. All right, what <clears> if <throat> the number one Davis fan is, isn't even in this room? What if they're listening to the podcast in Latvia right now? What if they, what if they listen to to this podcast just because they're number one Davis fans? Well, they can be. We can be. It'll be a co rookie of the year award sort of thing. You know, we're yeah. both co one one point one. Well, yeah. They should just know that they're welcome here, and uh, they should stop by anytime. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, Davis, if you're listening, by the way, please come call into the take it or leave it. I would love that. We want, dude. We would have you on in a. Second, we, oh times. my gosh, we want to hear your takes. Ugh, I want to shake your hand. I almost went to go. Well, I was going to meet you because I was going to be an honorary captain for the Spurs, but then I found out I'm too old. I have to be between seven and twelve years old. <laughs> so unfortunately, that was just to be a ball boy or something. No, it's different with captain. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Anyway, moving right along. <clears throat> here's here's an interesting one. Pop averages fifteen point five words per mid game interview. Over under. Averages? Averages. Uh, for it's all. gotta be under. Under? Yeah. He's under. gonna be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> well, depends, depends how the series goes, but most likely, yeah. They get two questions. They have to get two questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Both unders. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Here's another one about Golden State. Draymond commits 1.5 technical fouls oh. in any one game. In any oh. one game. Oh, no. That's any one game? Any one game? You yeah. can't go over. I thought you meant just, during the series. That just doesn't happen, man. No, he's mm-hmm. not going to get two technicals in the game. Unless Steve Kerr gets one of his technicals by accident. <laughs> I think he might get two in the series. <laughs> yeah, he could get two in the series. Okay, okay, okay. Interesting. Because he'd right. still have to sit a game if he did that, right? No. No, they just give one of his to Steve Kerr, and then he wouldn't. It would be no problem. Yeah. Still salty about that. Oh yeah, very salty about that. We're all salty about that. Anyway, <clears throat> all right. Here's no. The phrase "grandpa juice" is used by announcers two point five times throughout the series. Well, are we talking about our local guys because they still broadcast the first round, or the national guys? I think Fox Sports Southwest, which would be our local guys, they have three of the games. No, they have all of them. All of them? Yeah. Oh, okay. 2.5 times, Grandpa Juice. Over. So they're going to be broadcasting and there's going to be a national broadcast? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. 
I'm going to go over. I know which one I'm going to be watching. Yeah. Really? Got to go over. Really? You think Manu will, will ball out at least yeah, three times? Yeah, he has oh, to yeah. ball out. Yeah, yeah. he's going to ball <laughs> of out. Of course. Yeah, of dude. Of course. All right, all right. And Manu gives, he just gives teams like Golden State and Houston issues. He they don't him, know what he's going to do, bro. He gives them fits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You remember that play on James Harden last year? Oh, you How mean the new NBA forget? logo? Crucial. Yeah, yeah. Crucial. That'd be dope. Of course. Of course. All right. <clears throat> Pow plays 10.5 minutes in any second half. Oh, no, saying it. In okay. any second half. Second 10.5. This is a tough one. I know you're all praying for under. Like any <laughs> second half in the whole series? Yes. Over. Yeah, it's got to be over. There's no way? He played over 10 in the second half yesterday, and we were getting blown out. Hmm. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. Here's a hard one. Patty records a 40% or higher three-point percentage in 0.5 games. Will he do it at least once? Over 40%. God, I hope so. Over 40%. That would be so great. I don't know. He's like a... I think he's got to be the next guy that steps up. He just needs to go like three for four. He's at a a three, six, five for the season. Three-point percentage. It's pretty good. Hey, you know what Davis is shooting? 44%. What? That's nice. Okay, well... um, I'm going to say hopefully over on that one, yeah. Okay, well that... It should wrap it up for our, our prompt bets, guys. But uh, we'll see how those play out. I will be listening for all the Grandpa Juice mentions. And I'm going to be counting all of Pop's words. I'm going to get the transcripts of those interviews. It'll be very short. Should all fit on one 8 by 11 piece. The paper. good thing is, if they're really short, they'll be on social media right away. Because mm. then they're like, oh, classic Pop. You know? <laughs> Zing. What kind of adjustments do you think you guys have made in the second half? Score. Against Golden State? <laughs> Not a lot. <laughs> play defense <laughs> <laughs> thank you I remember one time he just was getting so tired of jeff van gundy they just hugged him and then yeah i remember that. that yeah, yeah that he did that with fun. craig sager too nice oh nice. yeah yeah i just think he should be allowed to have Much a more wholesome a glass of his own white wine there while he's at the interview oh he doesn't drink white bro what only reds i'm pretty sure oh Dude, he's like a wine wine a sewer i know i know they only drink reds okay sorry sorry Sorry, everybody. Oh, you know, he's, he has a vineyard in Texas, so I assume that, you yes. know, he maybe... I'm, oh, sure yeah. I'm sure you'll get crazy and drink also the whites, the, maybe. The white, also the white wine get grapes. Get a little wacky for a dry Riesling or something. White wine know. grapes don't do well in Texas. Mm. Mm, there you go. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Yep. All right. Well, uh, guys, thank you for giving your, your spicy takes. Some of them hopeful, some of them spicy. We'll see um, how those play out. We just got to see. Uh, thoughts and prayers for our Spurs as they embark on this difficult series. T's and P's. Yeah. Hopefully they will they will pull out ahead and we will be able to bring you more delicious episodes. Threes and D's. But we will certainly see you next week just because of the way the scheduling works out. So, see you then. Season 3 of Take It or Leave It is a proud production of the Chandy Global Podcast Network. Hosted by Nathan Fernandez and Roger Craycroft. Produced by Chandler Holloway. Featuring baseball correspondent Ross Newman and visual assets by Asha Kasethi. The music was produced by The Strokes, Los Campesinos, Alan Toussaint, Setsuo Yamamoto, and the Brothers Chaps. You can follow us on SoundCloud for new updates on episodes coming out every Friday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Our SoundCloud page is soundcloud.com forward slash chandyglobal. That's soundcloud.com forward slash C-H-A-N-D-Y global. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash take it or leave it 512, all one word. It's a great way to interact with the show's hosts and stay up to date with new news on the podcast. Also give us a follow on our Twitter account. Our Twitter handle is at Tioli512. That's at T-I-O-L-I-512. And of course, you can always follow our host, Nathan Fernandez. His Twitter handle is at NathanPF1. Great guy. Plenty of great tweets. 
I'd give him a follow by reading. Thanks a lot for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week.